episode 97, Jack Mize. Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, dragging down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round, the finish. If you want to take it to another level, the alpha ultimatum, my mentoring and coaching for men who are just pursuing that little bit more in life. They're not happy with average. They're not happy with good. They're looking for something to try and push their limits. We start in January and applications opened up this week. Go to adamlewiswalker.com, click get involved, and you have the application form right there. Get to the podcast. Right. Good morning, guys. A great one to end the week here. We have Jack Mize. He is the host of Influencers Radio and co-founder of Authority Alchemy. Jack goes far beyond the front page of Google by helping business owners, executives, and service professionals to position themselves as the educator and advocate for their prospects and customer success. I was on his Influencers Radio show about two weeks ago. He's had some great guests on there, so he's a man of influence himself. To get some of the, he's he's had some really good guests, and he's had a sort of Frank Kerr, Nick Unsworth, um, Tony Robbins's son. Is is it Jarek? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I always I always worry about saying that name wrong. This is uh, going to be such a useful interview for you guys. I'm really looking forward to this one. So, firstly, Jack, are you ready to awaken your alpha? I am. Brilliant. So we were just talking before the interview, and uh, we're talking about I don't even know where you're originally from, and um, I'm not 100 percent where you're coming from today. So, is it are you coming from Texas? I'm just thinking we had Brian Horn on, who you sort of co co-founded Authority Alchemy with. And I know he's over that way. Where That's right there. I'm Texas, originally Texas. I'm still in Texas, <laughs> Texas for a long time. Ah, oh, cool. So we're going to jump straight into the our origin question then. You've said you're from Texas. So tell us something that maybe you wouldn't get like in a bio. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Did you ever see yourself in any shape or form doing what you're doing now? Because it's obviously it's quite... It's quite specialized. You know, the influences radio is absolutely awesome. Well, you know, that, that's, <laughs> I wonder if anyone actually thought that they would be doing what they were doing <laughs> uh, right now. Now, when I was a kid, I wanted to be one of three things. Yeah. Um, one was a wrestler. Two <laughs> was Elvis. <laughs> and three was a football player. Now, neither one of those or either of those have I been able to accomplish. One of them was a little bit impossible. Actually, most people would say three were. All three <laughs> were. Uh, but, um, you know, that's the thing. You know, you, you kind of have dreams that you adjust and you uh, kind of go and paint the bullseye wherever the arrow lands. So that's, that's the kind of what I did. So, you know, growing up, I was doing uh, what just about any kid uh, did. I had a, a little entrepreneurial spirit here and there with, you know, trying to sell stuff in my, in my front yard. Um, but one of the most interesting things, I guess, what got me into doing it with marketing and helping businesses with their marketing, uh, it was probably the last thing I would have thought I would do because I absolutely uh, hated selling. I, I sold newspapers door to door when I was in school, I, I don't know how I always ended up in sales jobs as much as I hate <laughs> selling. Uh, but I think it was because that was the one place that I knew that you weren't tied to whatever they were going to pay you per hour at the yeah. you know, local burger shop. So, so I always ended up sales jobs, even though I completely hated selling. And I think like a lot of people, when, when, when something happens, they, they, they make a, 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 you know, they adapt to it. And I, kind of figured out how to get really good at it without actually having to, to sell. So uh, yeah. that was a, 
you know, easy way to, to, to get there is just to avoid, you know, it's avoiding pain just like anyone does. The fact that you hated selling, do you think it was, I know sometimes people say they face their fears and they get better at it, or the fact that you hated it, I know obviously it's performance related pay, which definitely appealed to you. So for how long, because I'm assuming you don't, you don't quite hate selling now, or you, you probably don't even see it as selling now. You obviously the way you've positioned yourself and it's obviously how you help customers position themselves as well. When did it sort of, your, uh, your feelings of hate towards selling mellow or change? Well, I don't think my hate towards selling has changed because I still, there's no way that I can, you know, knock on a door or approach someone and said, hey, let me, let me, let me tell you what I got. You yeah, right? I'm, I'm, glad uh, you said, I'm glad you said that because if anyone else is listening like me as well, and like yourself as well, when you said, oh, about hate and selling, I was like, ah, I relate to that. Like, I, I don't, I don't, it, nothing about it appeals to me. And if you, yeah, if you can give any advice this session to people listening to myself, you know, so it's, you're just helping people out. It seems so much nicer. And if you position yourself in the right way, then kind of the selling is done for you to a point. Well, that's absolutely. And I'd love to say that I was clever to devise this, but it really is out of avoiding pain. So <laughs> now I say I, I hate selling, but I love making people want to buy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I did that, I did a lot of door to door sales because that's what people, and, and the, the one job that probably gave me the best education and the best lesson is, is I sold cable television subscriptions door to door back before everyone had cable television. Every one of the salespeople on this team fought each other over the nice, you know, the, the middle class, the upper middle class neighborhoods where people had money. Yeah. They would, God, so being the new guy, I always got what they considered nobody wants these. Here's the poor neighborhoods or here's, you know, here, go, go, good luck. Yeah. And from the very first week, I set sales records. And it was purely because I hated selling because I never knocked on a door and asked a single person, do you want to buy cable? Uh, and the way that I, I did this to avoid pain is, is part of the job of being a salesman. You had to find out if they had a dog in their backyard for the, uh, for the, the people that were installing the cable. So I would go to knock on the door and say, I'm with the cable company. Uh, I just need to find out if you have a dog in your backyard. And they would say, well, why? We don't have cable. And I'd say, well, yes, but the cables run along everyone's backyard and they're going to be out here next week. Um, and I just need to find out if, you know, everyone that has a dog. So they would let me know. And then I would turn to walk away. Then I'd do the old Columbo turn around. Uh, one more thing. They wanted, <laughs> I wanted love it when Columbo does that. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted me to let you know that since they're going to be in the neighborhood anyway doing this work, that they're waiving all the installation fees for uh, cable next week. Now, I didn't realize it at the time that I had just introduced scarcity as well. Yeah. But all of a sudden, they're like, well, hold on. Come tell me about this. And we would start the conversation. And I was not seen as a salesperson. I was seen as someone that was helping them pick what channels they wanted out of the, the brochure. Oh, nice. And so the, the big lesson I learned there with, with setting sales records in neighborhoods that no one wanted was that it's much easier to sell something to someone that really wants it, but they may not think they can afford it, than it is to sell something to someone that can afford it, but may not think they want it. Yeah. And that's why I was having so much more success. So that was a really big lesson to me. And that instead of being a salesperson, I was an educator and an advocate because I would go through and they'd say, oh, I want everything. And I would say, well, you probably don't. 
Yeah. These two have the same movies and stuff like that. And they saw me as an advocate for them, you know, picking their, their right cable out. So it worked out really nicely. It also helped me really understand that there's a much deeper psychology behind why people buy and why they don't buy than just what they say. Okay. So, I mean, at this point, you know, obviously you've, you've definitely found a way to make it a lot easier on yourself, number one, and then you're actually being really successful with it. How long did you, were you on that situation or were you in that situation before you transitioned to a, another way of using your sales skills? I always found myself in, in sales situations strictly because I didn't see that, you know, the, the other jobs that were available were any way, a, a way to, to, to earn a living. So uh, once the uh, internet came along, I uh, started doing lead generation online for businesses and, and, and helping them uh, generate uh generate leads, most of these businesses say, I need more traffic. I need more traffic. And I would look at their traffic. And I'd say, you know what? You have quite a bit of traffic. I think what you really need is to give them a reason to pick you. Yeah. And I was able to help businesses so much quicker and faster by staying away because I'm horrible at SEO. SEO. I don't do any SEO, that kind of stuff. Um, but what I would do is take what they had out there and just make more of the people that were already seeing them and finding them, give them a reason to pick them by positioning him as that educator advocate absolutely brilliant so it sounds like this was a very sort of um a personal thing as in it doesn't, it doesn't sound from how you're telling it a lot of like you had a lot of outside help but this is our yoda question throughout the journey it could be more recently as things have transitioned who helped sort of awaken your alpha and helped you ramp it up it doesn't sound like there's anyone obvious from from the story so far but it's, it's up to you no you know what's what's interesting is the yodas are people that that didn't realize they were Yodas. They taught me in, in what they did, right? Yeah. They taught me in what they said and not that they were trying to deliver a lesson, but, but I think what I got, you know, they always say that, you know, learn from your mistakes. Uh, I think I got really good at learning from other people's mistakes. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would, I would watch and, and figure things out and, and realize that there's some hidden, you know, reasons why things don't work out more than just what's at the, at the surface. Yeah. Was there anyone, I mean, you might not have even come into contact with them, but anyone who inspired you potentially when you was growing up or even in, in, as you came into business, is there anyone that pops to mind or inspires well, you? Now? I, I, I will tell you this and, and I hesitate to say this because people think it's for the wrong way, but I was one of those people that love watching infomercials. I mean, they, these are selling things that were just the, the, most non-useful items, but yeah. compel people that, that they were just the, you know, the pocket fishermen, I guess, for those people that want to, you know, impromptu, just stop the car and go fish sometime, you know, <laughs> they carried around with them. I, you know, that kind of stuff. I loved watching because those people that the pitchmen on those shows were being educators because they would educate people every single step of the way as to why this was the most fantastic thing. And that's when I realized, you know, the old saying, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. Uh, well, I figured out early on with infomercials that our society has changed and it's even been more so with, with cell phones and smartphones that now invention has become the mother of necessity because, <laughs> yep. because now nobody needs it until it comes out and then they got to have it. And I thought that's a very important shift in, in our society and economy and things like that, that, that it's almost backwards used to, you know, it, things were, were created and invented out of that necessity. Yeah. 
We now, covered everything covered, haven't we? The main things anyway, like you say. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Now it's, you know, well, let's make something and make them, make them need it. You mentioned about, you know, really getting into learning from other people's mistakes. I wonder if you can think back to maybe one of your biggest mistakes or failure or learning experiences, if you want to call it that, where, where it all just went completely pear-shaped for you, just went, it didn't go well. I can tell you one of the biggest things that I learned and I was fortunate yeah. enough to learn um, was in how to, to value what it is that you provide people. And I'm sure a lot of people find themselves undervaluing what they, they have. And, and that was the big mistake that I made early on when I was providing leads. Uh, one of the very first lead generation pieces I did for a company was for a real estate investor. Mm -hmm. And and I had put together this website and, and, and generating leads, and I was going to try to sell him this website. And, and I had no idea what it, to, to charge. So I said, look, you don't have to pay me anything now. Let's just see if it works. Then we'll work something out. Yeah. And uh, within the 30 days, the guy could call me and said, hey, Jack, I just want to let you know we got some, some leads from that site. And I actually closed on one, and I've already resold it very quickly. Um, and I thought, oh, great. Now it's a chance, you know, he, he's, he's lathered up. I'm going to try to sell him this stuff. And in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I wonder if I can get 500 bucks for this. You know, I'd love to be able to get $500 for this. And he told me before I got a chance to get that out, he said, you know, Jack, I know you, we didn't discuss, um, you know, your fee or anything like that, but I have a check here for you. It's just a little under $6,000 if that's okay. <laughs> that's when it's good to, you know, sit quiet and listen. That's why listening is important. Oh, it is. I'm, 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 you know, hyperventilating on the other side. <laughs> and and I'll, and, and man, why man, I had the wits that's... about me to come back and say, well, that's not exactly the figure I had in mind, <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh my God. But, but here's the thing. I was going to sell him this for $500. He didn't even want the site. He was just paying me the fee. Yeah for what he did. And I got to keep the site and keep sending him leads. And that site that I was willing to sell for $500 uh, earned me tens and tens of thousands, probably over a hundred thousand dollars over the next couple of years wow. from, from what it did because, you know, I didn't. And so that, that could have been bad, but I never would have known it. Yeah. No. Oh my goodness. That is yeah. <laughs> blimey coming a little bit more up to sort of present day. You know, how did the, the radio show come about, really? And, you know, your authority alchemy and uh, with, with Brian Horn as well. I know, obviously, he's in Texas as well. So uh, apart from you're in the same place, how did you guys get connected and how come the radio show came about? Well, what, um, what Brian was doing and I were doing were very similar for our clients. And we had been masterminds and, and connected. I, my clients were more of the, the, the uh, local business, brick and mortar type business. You're, you're, you're you know, real estate and attorneys and CPAs. And, and Brian was more on the, uh, you know, the sexy people side, the, 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 <laughs> the fitness gurus and the reality TV. But we were doing very similar things for them with, with the, the positioning. So we just decided to, uh, well, let's put it together, share what we're doing with each other on uh, and, and spread it around. And it's just, you know, amplified it once we got together. And it was really remarkable. So part of the, the, the influencers radio was me digging into, you know, different people that not just, you know, people that are successful, but people that really do influence others um, at a level that it, it, it spreads out. Because a lot of people don't realize that when you're helping someone else like you, what you do, mm -hmm. you know, you're helping someone directly, the clients that you have in your business, 
but what's really happening is by the what they've been able to do they're affecting other people in their lives too it's affecting the lives of their friends of their family of of their their business associates what they're doing is is actually spreading out and it really really is uh, interesting like i say I, I love the psychology behind a lot of uh, you know, how people are, are getting to success, but specifically in the way that they've marketed themselves and the way they've, they've spread their, their words. So that's how, how that came about. We're going to jump in straight into the alpha round. We like to sort of start that with an alpha or success quote that you like to live your life by and or run your business by and really resonates with you. You know what? In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And what that means is so many people are, are a little insecure about not realizing they how much they know and how much they're able to help someone because they don't think that they are the absolute best they're afraid to put themselves out there because they think well there's someone that knows more than me but the fact is if there's a group of people that you know more about this subject than they do and you're able and willing to help them then that's what we call an authority no matter where you stand there's always someone that can learn from you and there's always someone that can benefit from your knowledge yeah I, I completely agree. And uh, I think that's why, um, you know, stuff, things like masterminds and having a mentor and being in that kind of team environment is so powerful because you then, you know, you're alongside these people that you may have looked up to or assumed that they know tons and tons more about your specific subject than you do. And it's really, uh, it's really useful to stand next to them and get involved with them because then you realize, well, wait a minute, actually I do, you know, you do know enough to, you know, go and help people and make a big impact. I do believe everyone's got some greatness in them. It's just, it's, it's that belief thing. And, you know, I know Brian Horn mentioned it a lot. Just you are ready and always <laughs> thinking you're not ready. And you, there's got, you've got to go away and find more information, more information. You just got to start implementing what you know. Yeah, it, it is. And it's, it's, it's something that affects every single person. It's not that you're unique that you feel that way. It's just the, the nature of things. And once you learn to break out of that, some remarkable yeah. things happen. Oh yeah. It affects me still, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta slap yourself around the face a bit now and then and just snap out of it. Like you said, <laughs> is there any book recommendations that spring to mind either specifically for your subject area or a current book maybe that you're reading? It's, it's completely up to you. Yeah. Well, I tell you what that I've, I've uh, just uh, read recently that I really like, you know, the fundamentals are things that we should know, but, but uh, it, it really is powerful to think about this is uh, Bob Berg who uh, a lot of people may know from the, the go-giver. Uh, yeah, he put out a book last year called uh, Adversaries, Adversaries into Allies. And it really talks about how to win people over without manipulation. It's more about you know, how to be uh, an influencer, a pers persuasive influencer, and how you can do that you know, ethically. And it really spells out the difference between persuasion uh, and influence versus versus manipulation. Really, really powerful. So that's uh, that's one that I really enjoyed. Brilliant. I suppose while well, that's fresh in your mind, then, and you could either you know combine it with sort of your strategies. How do you think people uh, can develop a good position of influence that you know brings people towards them, gives you credibility, and so you're not having to go out there and sell hard? What are some I suppose. What are some key tips and maybe some key mistakes? I would say the biggest mistake people make is thinking to do that. You have to convince everyone that you're an expert, that yeah. you have to do and say things. And, and the problem is when you do that, then that conversation becomes about you. Mm. And, and the, the second psychological part of that is most people don't in, internally feel comfortable calling themselves the expert yeah. because they – they, when they do that, they're, they're comparing themselves to the highlight reels of others, so the, the people in the comp, their, their competitors or people that do 
things that they do that may no more smarter than them. So if, if you can't convince yourself you're the expert, it's going to be very tough to convince others you're the expert. Yeah. And that's why we're very, very strong on, on no, you're not an expert. Speak uh, from the, the standpoint of being that educator and advocate because yeah. that's, that's a benchmark that people can hit 100% of the time. And it's not compared to anyone else, that they know that they uh, can help people and they're passionate about that and they are 100% the, the educator and advocate, then what you've just done is make it easy for other people to call you the expert. And that's really what a true you know, authority and in, in being an influence is. I like that. And that's, um, that's why I've, you said about people are uncomfortable with that being labeled that. And that's, that's why I always try and like highlight, but no, no, I'm, I, I'm pursuing the alpha. This is what the Awaken Your Alpha is all about. I'm finding people like yourself and I'm learning from you guys and I'm pursuing the alpha constantly because I never wanted anyone to be like, oh, you think you're an alpha or you, you think you've reached this certain status. No, I'm, it's, it's a lifelong thing and I'm pursuing it, you know? So um, I completely, you know, I completely agree with what you're saying there. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think you're a perfect example of that educator and advocate. That's what you do, you know. You, you, you're, you know, constantly sharing with others and and showing them the different ways. Not saying, "All right, this is a you know, wicked alpha. Listen to me. This is why you should listen to me. This is why I know what I'm talking about." You know that, and that's what most people think they need to do to be seen as an expert. I'm seeing some. You've had such great guests on your show. And there's a one or two in there that I would absolutely love, just just instantly. I would love to have my show. And we've got the hundredth episode of Awaken Your Alpha coming up next week, so a w- week today. Who do you think I should interview, if not for my hundredth ep- episode, but very soon? You know, uh, Frank Kern is a, is a person that will be entertaining, but also have some really really important uh, nuggets because yeah. he. As much as he downplays it, he really is a genius in, in marketing and, and the, you know psychology of of direct uh, direct marketing yeah. uh, uh, for sure. Carrie Murphy is great. She goes and un- understands the the hidden fears of people in like doing video and, and video marketing and and what those hidden fears are and, and subconscious uh, worries and and to be able to relieve those people to, to solve problems that they may not realize they have, but, but um, um, are, are afraid to ask is something that is, is incredibly powerful. What was the one question you thought I was going to ask or you wished it asked? And uh, I kind of missed it. I haven't finished yet, but it's, you think I'm going to miss it. Is there anything that springs to mind? Um, you know, there's nothing that, 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 that springs to mind. I think you, you, uh, you know, you do great to let people running with their, their, their string of, of consciousness where, where it leads them. Um, you know, some of the things that I obviously love talking about is, you know, the psychology of, of marketing, some of the underlying things that, you know, make people do or not do what they, uh, they want. If you, if you want, I'll tell you one little quick story that, that yep. I love to get in there that, that uh, anyone that's in marketing or, or thinks that they have something that, you know, have you ever come up with something that, that you thought this should be absolutely, you know, just brilliant. It should be flying off the shelves and yeah. it's a dud is um, one, one of the stories back in the, um, oh gosh, I, I don't even remember what decade it was, but uh, <laughs> there was a guy, the father of, of uh, focus groups, you know, that brings people together to really okay. find out what they think about things. His name was uh, Ernest uh, Addictor. But anyway, back in the, um, uh, middle of a uh, last century, uh, Betty Crocker. If you have, if you know, yeah, Betty, Betty Crocker. Yeah, yeah instant. Okay, yeah. uh, Betty Crocker um, went and did research, and they were the first ones that came out with instant cake mix, which they determined because by asking that 
uh, housewives at that time would absolutely love because it would take hours to bake a cake from scratch yeah. and they they put it in just you know add water done you're done and people thought that would be fantastic but when they actually put it out uh, on the market it didn't fly off the shelves and they were scratching their heads this is something that people really really want why isn't it selling anyway they hired Ernest uh, Dichter to to figure this out and he hired a team of psychologists to uh, to dig in there and do a focus group and when they went and actually got um, you know the housewives to be candid and honest they said yes i want this outcome this outcome is very very important and very valuable to me but i feel like i'm cheating i feel like i'm not doing my family the right service by um by you know serving this thing that i you know just had water and they didn't know what to do and ernest dichter came up with the brilliant simple step of have them add an egg uh, yeah. <laughs> and by adding that egg, they, they gave them a, they were able to participate in the activity of baking that cake. And it dramatically changed, which of course now, you know, everybody makes instant cakes. Um, but a lot of people think when they're looking at why something, they think it's the marketing, they think it's the product. And what it may be is this hidden thing. So you always have to ask yourself, what's my egg? Do I have a potential egg in this that that's making this not in in it's oftentimes that psychological piece and has nothing to do with the the actual functionality of the yeah. product or the quality of the marketing that's definitely some inside insider information and very uh, relevant and useful um i just want to squeeze one of my little alpha rounds in so this is the uh, complete blank around to find out a little bit more about you and so all you got to do is finish my sentence for me and we find out a little bit more about what makes you tick okay all right <laughs> Your best friend would describe you as? <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd said it before when I was on your show. You've got such a good voice for radio. I love this. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, I, as long as we're – but if, if, you're, if you're in a room with me for any length of time, yeah. you know, it's hard to get a pause in edgewise. It's, uh, <laughs> I guess I like to think. I don't know what it is. And that was – like I said, that almost said like a, a backward uh, – was it? Criticism would say a lot of times people say, "Oh, you got a face for radio." No, it, was, it wasn't like reverse on that. <laughs> you, you can be on TV as well, but your voice is very good for radio. If I was ever to visit Texas, I should eat steak. That's why I think of Texas—just a lot of meat and barbecue and stuff like that. So that's exactly you know. And if you're vegetarian, I don't know what you you know. <laughs> I, I don't don't come hang out with me because you wouldn't have a good time. Oh man, no, I I love I love big steaks. Well, what, you'd like to, have you ever been to Argentina? No, but I've been to the the, uh, the those types of you know the restaurants, yeah. the, the trascarias, and yeah, that's uh, oh my goodness. Well, yeah, I'm I I, I enjoy eating steak, and uh, yeah, Argentina is just they were selling serving steaks literally like you know bricks, absolutely huge and just so, oh so good, best steaks ever. Anyway. Is it sidetracking slightly? Your favorite movie of all time is? Oh, man, that is a tough one. It, it, this is one that's probably no one's favorite movie. Ooh. And that is uh, the, um, the Razor's Edge. It was, it was B Bill Murray's okay. foray into non-comedy, and no one liked it. <laughs> and and I can't get a single person to watch the whole thing with me, but I would have to say that's probably my favorite movie. It definitely, oh. it's all about a man's journey and and a lot of mental uh, breakdowns and 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 uh, barriers. So it's a, it's a tremendous movie. Uh, just uh, if you happen to watch it, don't 
don't get the crowd around thinking they're going to watch a funny Bill Murray movie. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, yeah, come in. We've got a Bill Murray movie on. It's like, hey, we like him. So, uh, what sort of what sort of year was that? Or era was that? Because, yeah, I've never heard of that one that's snuck past. That was a, yeah, that was the 80s. It was one that uh, that he had enough success that he was able to to command the studios to let him make and kind of give him full reign, and he did it. And it was, uh, to me, just a, just a really, really incredible movie. But I don't know if people couldn't get it. They were waiting for him to be funny or what, but it was... Uh... <laughs> That's, yeah, I suppose when you've, you've, you know, built yourself into that kind of role and, you know, that niche of just... It's hard to take him seriously because even when he is being serious, you just assume he's going to snap and, like, yeah, drop a one-liner or something at some stage, yeah. Uh, yeah, but really a fantastic movie. Uh, in my another opinion. actor I really think is it's hard to take seriously is someone like Jim Carrey. That's, uh, yep, yep. Yeah, he's completely insane. But yeah, it's hard to take him serious when he's trying to be serious, which is rarely, I think. Um, and just finally as well, I wanted to ask you if, if there's any sort of resources that you know are out there. They can either be free or, you know, they can be paid or something that you think is really helpful and maybe people aren't aware of them. I mean, either you use yourself or you just recommend to, to clients. Uh, you know, a, a lot of them are probably some that, that people have heard of, and I'm sure that you probably had guessed, you know, I, to me, I, I use Evernote a lot to just, yeah. for, but for things for, for, I'm talking about just life changing. I have everything in there from, from what size my air filters are in my house. And anytime I park at a, an airport, it goes right into there, you know, that, that just my whole, if, if someone knows to, if something happened to me, they open up my Evernote, they probably get a more detailed account of my life than the, than, than any other, uh, than, than looking at my computer. Well, um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. And we could talk for ages, but um, I'm aware that other people have only got half an hour usually to listen. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. Well, thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. The Alpha Ultimatum, my 10-week malperformance mentoring. Build your body, build your mind, live limitless. Get 2015 started right. We'll be working on your inner game as well as building the body to match. We start in January and applications just opened up this week. So now is the time. We've had our first applications coming in. So don't delay. Go to adamlewiswalker.com, click get involved and you have the application form right there. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless.